All right, Shabbos, say good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Kislev, Josh, and Becca Friedman for dedicating all the Shi'urim and Joshua's this month, Le'ilui Nishmas, Josh's father, Yisrael Yehuda, Ben Harav Chaim Rafael. And to thank Sammy and Malka Esterson, our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Kislev, for dedicating the Shurim and Joshua's this month in memory of their parents, Yitzchak Leben Aaron Akoin, Sarah Rachel Bas Avram, Hinda Bas Henech Ephraim, and in the Zchus of the continued Refuah. And Hatzlacha, Mr. Morton Esterson, I may have Esim Shalom Tovos. To thank the Pepper family for dedicating the Shi'urim and Joshua's this month, creation of the yard site of Yosef Pepper, Yosef David, Zichron Levracha, Ben Yaakov. To thank our week of learning sponsor, Steve Kalaskov, in commemoration of his father's first yard site, Nachum Sender, Ben Meshulam Nassim, Meretz Hashem Shtavan Aliyah, and the family Einachama. And to thank Ayal and Sarah Steinberg for dedicating the week of learning in the Sussur Fushlima for Shulamis Bas Susha. And we'll say with that, let us begin with a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is Memtes. Memtes. Okay, there's also actually, a, if we have time, I'll take you back a little bit to some of the other, to one other sugi that we had yesterday. But uh, but let's let's first begin. Good. So we'll say so let's go ahead. So Mishnah Memtes Amud Aleph Mishnah. Brand new parrot. Brand new parrot. So we'll say here we go. Now this Mishnah is continuing along with the. Well, now we're actually taking a little bit of a detour. Up until now, the focus of the last parak was very much on continuation of the parak before, which was focused on that when one takes a nether, prohibiting someone else from getting benefit from him, or to say differently. When one is subject to a nether hanor, meaning they can't get benefit, so what is, what's the halachic definition of hanor? Here we're switching gears a little bit and to focus a bit more on when you make a nether about something, how do we define the parameters of that something? So for example, hanor demin atavshil. Most of us say a person makes a nether, I'm not going to get benefit from tavshil. From tavshil. So we'll say, remember again, we've already established What's the guiding light principle in Nidarim? That Benidarim holchin achar loshon bene adam. When it comes to Nidarim, we go after the way people speak. So let's say, so interestingly enough, so let's say what we're going to see is when a person says, I'm not going to eat tafshil, so ultimately what do we look for? What do we look for? How do people commonly use the word tafshil? Right? How do, they, how do they normally go ahead and use that particular word? So here we go. So a person makes an edder not to get benefit from tafshil. They are permitted to go ahead and get benefit from roasted food and shalok food. Okay, so mostly what we're doing is we're defining tafshil by what it's not. Right? In other words, so tafshil doesn't cover tzli and shalok. So first, first of all, take a look at the run. So the run will say left-hand side, about halfway down the page. That's where the run for this parak starts. So the Ran says, So we're going to see Tavshil. Tavshil doesn't include roasted foods and it doesn't include Shalok. What's Shalok? Shalok, Bashil, below Bashil. So Shalok means something that is not fully cooked. Not fully cooked. So therefore, again, if you make a nether, Nati Tavshil, what's not included in that is roasted food or not fully cooked food, undercooked food. Okay, fine. Amar konam tafshil she'eni toim. So we'll say, what happens if a person says, now, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I read that incorrectly. That's an older I'm I'm sorry. I'm in a tafshil. Person says, I make a nether, not to get benefit from that which is mavushal, that which is cooked. So we'll say, what does that exclude? 
it excludes roasted food and undercooked foods. You're allowed to eat roasted food, you're allowed to eat undercooked food. Good. Amar konim tafshil she'eni toib. What happens if a person says, I'm not going to eat tafshil? I'm not going to eat tafshil. Shabbos says, so what's included in that? Asr b'maisa kedera rach umutar ba'ava umskur. Shabbos says, so what happens if you say tafshil? So again, what's interesting to note is these are, these are more inclusive words, right? Mavushal is an inclusive word. Tafshil is an inclusive word. So if you notice what the Mishnah is doing is, instead of telling you all of the things that are included in Mavushal, or all the things that are included in Tafshil, the easier thing to do is what? Is to tell me what's excluded. So again, if I make a nether, not to eat, or not to eat Mavushal, so what's excluded? Roasted food, undercooked food. I make a nether not to eat tavshil. So I will say, so what's excluded? Tavshil shani toim. So what's excluded? Asr by my sekedera rach. So I will say, well, here is what, what's included. I'm not permitted to eat. I will say, my sekedera rach means something liquidy that's made in a pot. So right, something liquidy, my sekedera, something that's made in a pot, that's liquidy. Umutr ba'ave. But I am permitted to go ahead and eat something of a thicker consistency that's made in a pot. So what you begin to see is the definition, the, the definition of tafshil, definition of tafshil is something that is a little bit more liquidy. Something that's thicker is not called a tafshil. Take a quick look at the ran again. So the ran says, Amr koning tafshil sheni toim asra my second day It's the first wide line. Umutr ba'aba. So you're not allowed to eat something liquidy, but you can eat something thicker. My sekedera, so I will say when we speak about, so my sekedera is kigon chilka, Tigris, Vitisni, the Ka'amar de Imhu Rach Asr, Aval Ava Mutter, the Rans keeping always something we're going to see in the Gemara, the High Tana, Komidi Demis Achla Be Rifta, Tavshil Karibe. They both say we're going to see something interesting. The definition of a Tavshil is any cooked item you normally eat with bread. That's going to be the Gemara's definition. Any cooked item you normally eat with bread, that's called a Tavshil. Therefore, again, it would have been customary that something of a more liquidy, of a, of a looser consistency, you would, eat, you would eat with bread. Something of a thicker consistency would not be consumed with bread. He goes on, he says, Something of a thicker consistency that was made in the pot, you wouldn't normally eat with bread. Good. So back up to the, back up to the Mishnah. So therefore, if a person says, I'm not going to eat tafshil, so they are usher to eat something made in the pot with a more liquidy consistency, but they are permitted to go ahead and eat something of a thicker consistency. They're allowed to eat a beitza tormuta. We'll define these terms in the Gemara. A tormuta egg. They can also eat a remutsa gourd. Again, we'll define all of these cases. So also that's case two. Right? So case no, case one, Hanodamavushal. Case two, Konim Tavshil. Hanodamai Sekidera. We'll say what happens if a person takes a nether not to consume my sekidera? In other words, this is the term I'm using. I'm making a nether not to get benefit from my sekidera. Ein aser ela mimaisa resachto. So I'll say ultimately again, I'm only prohibited to eat something. Literally, mimaisa resachto means something that is boiling. Boiling. Again, we'll define these terms in the Gemara. Amar konim hayori likdera sheni toim. Let's say a person says, I hereby make a neder. 
I'm not going to eat anything that goes into a pot. So what's the halacha? Asr b'chalam is bashlam b'kadera. So we'll say in that case, anything that's made in a pot, I'm not allowed to eat. Good. So we'll say the, the idea that the Gemara is saying over anything, we'll, we'll, we'll more explicitly say this in the, in the idea that the Mishnah is saying is that benedarim halkin achar lashom aliyadah. When it comes to the Dharam, we go after the way people define or use their terms. Good, so let's analyze. Gibara. So Tanya Rabyoshia Osar Rabyoshia says it's Asr. Now what's Asr? If you take again a look in the run, so says in the wide lines, two, four, six, seven lines into the wide lines, Tanya Rabyoshi Osar, denodem and Amavusha Asar Bitsleep. So remember again, our Mishnah said, our Mishnah said that Allah saw, if you make a nether, minamavushal. So this is what I say, I sem. Right, I, I say anything that's mavushal is usher to me. So, what did the Mishnah say? How do we define that nether? You are permitted in sleep, in something that's roasted, in something that's undercooked. Right, those are not called mavushal. Says the Gemara, Daniel Rabbi Yoshi Oser. Rabbi Yoshi says that even something that's tzli is usher ultimately again if you say mavushal. So, the Gemara says, why? Even though there's no explicit raya to this. There's a scriptural allusion. Shana Amar by Bashlu Asa Pasach Beish Kamishpat. So, most listen to this. The Pasach says in Dibra Yamim, they cooked the Pesach in fire as is, as is its halacha. Now, both saying, I remember again, how is the carbon Pesach prepared? The carbon Pesach is tzli, it's roasted. So, what do you see from here? That even roasted, and yet the Navi, when describing the preparation of the carbon Pesach, calls it Muvushal. So you see from here that what that even something roasted is called Muvushal. Therefore, Rabbi Yossi holds, Rabbi Susi, Rabbi Yeshaya holds, Rabbi Yoshi holds, I'm sorry, that Halacha if you are no Dermina Muvushal, that also includes Sleep, also includes something roasted. I sweat some Achlo, explain by Kimifigi. So what are they arguing about? Maybe Rabbi Yoshi Savar, Halach Achar Lashon Torah, the Tanadilan Savar, Maybe there's a fundamental machlokes over here. And what's the fundamental machlokes? How do we define our terms when it comes to Nidarim? So the time of our Mishnah holds that when it comes to Nidarim, we look at the way a term or a word is colloquially used. We look at how people use it. Whereas the Yoshi holds, no. In defining our terms, how do you define our terms? How does the Torah use it? Maybe that's the Machlokis. And therefore, again, I will say, so the Tan of our Mishnah says, when people say Mavoshol, they don't mean Sli. They don't mean Sli. And Rabbi Yoshia holds, but one second, the Torah uses Mavoshol as a word for Sli. Maybe that's the Machlokis. Tuchinor says, no, 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 no. I will say that is absolutely not true. Absolutely not true. We will say, how do we know that that's absolutely not true? Ultimately, again, because, no, this, no, guiding light when it comes to the Dharim is that interpretation of the Dharim always goes after how words are colloquially used by people, not by Torah. So, so what's the machlokis over here? Very simple. So let's say here's the difference. Remember, when you get into the, when you get into the idea that by the Dharim, we look at how words are colloquially used, what's the challenging part? Words are used differently in different places. So in Rabiosi's, in Rabiosia's locale, Sumovushal was used to include Sli. In the, the Tano's locale, Tano of Mishnah, right, Mavushal excluded Sli. So they just used Mavushal in two different days. Mm-hmm. But this is very important. Everyone is in, is in, is in agreement 
So when it comes to Nadarim, Holchin Achar Loshon Bnei Adam. We go after the way the word is used by people. The Machokis over here is how the word is used. So the Asri Ditana, Ditana Dilan, Litzli Karulaitzli, or the Mavusha Karle Mavushal. And according to our Tanah, I'll say where the Tanah lived, Tanah of Mishnah lived in his locale, they called Mavushal Mavushal, and they called Sli Sli. But i.e., Mavushal did not include Sli. And therefore, if you've made it net, they're not Teeth Mavushal, you're permitted Teeth Sli. Basra the Ryoshia, in the locale of Rabbi Yoshia, Afilut Sli Karu Mavushal. In the city of Ryoshia, they even called Sli Mavushal. Good. So you might say, one second, Vaha Kra Nasivla. But one second, Rabbi Yoshia brought a Pasuk. He brought a Pasuk, I will say. So that's pretty significant. So if he's bringing a Pasuk, doesn't that indicate to us that Halach Alamaisa, this is not a Belashon, but he's not bringing out a Pasuk, to which the Gemara says, no, 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 Asmachta Ba'ama. He didn't mean to bring the Pasuk as a proof. He just meant to bring the Pasuk as an Asmachta. So in other words, I will say, what driving Rabbi Yoshia over here is in his locale, they used the word Mavoshal to even include Tzli, the Pasuk itself is simply an asmachta. Simply, again, like a remez. Right? A remez. Beautiful. So let's go back to this. And by the way, who's right? Who's right? So the answer is, they're both right. In other words, Jose said, this is very important. So therefore, kind of as we close out this first case, a person says, So what does that include? What does that include, Mavushal? And the answer is, it depends where you live. And it depends ultimately how the word Mavushal is used. So from Yoshia's locale, Mavushal would include Sli. In the Tana's locale, it wouldn't include Sli. Beautiful. So Konam Tafshil, so what's the next case? Next case. Person says, Konam Tafshil Sha'ani Toim. Right? I take a nether, I'm not going to eat Tafshil. So remember again, the way the Mishnah explained this is, this, this ultimately again will answer any food made in a pot of a more liquidy consistency, but will not answer something of a thicker consistency. So the Gemara says, but one second, but why is that? Vaha mitavshil nadar. In other words, why wouldn't this answer food of a thicker consistency? After all, again, isn't that not called tafshil? Tafshil means something cooked in a pot. So just because something has a thicker consistency, it's excluded from tafshil? That doesn't seem to make so much sense. Amar Abaye, here we go. Haitano what we saw on the run before. We saw on the run before. Then what's the definition of a tafshil? So the definition of a tafshil, and again, this is all This all is, is referencing the idea that by Nidaram, look at how a word is used. In, according to our Tano, tafshil means something you eat with bread. Eat with bread, and therefore, you're going to say, now again, now I understand, you would normally eat, you would normally eat something that was more liquidy with bread, but something like of a thicker consistency would not be consumed together with bread. Here we go. So the Gemara says, I right, Svatanya, we learned, so we'll say, by the way, in this case, you know, Vatanya, the Ran points out over here, Benichusa. So the Bryce here is coming to support this idea. That by definition, a tavshil is something that is normally consumed with bread. By the time we learned, very interesting. If a person makes a nether not to eat tavshil, he is not permitted to eat any kind of tavshil. He's also not permitted to eat something that is roasted. Or something about this. Remember, let's go to our definition. Shalok means something that is potentially undercooked. And ultimately, again, or something that is cooked. 
Va'asar behitrios rakos. So this is interesting. He says also asar hitrios rakos. If you take a look at the run, so we'll say the run is six lines up from the bottom. But also we're going to look at a couple of runs over here. Va'asar behitrios rakos diluin kitanim. Literally against small gourds, small gourds or soft gourds. Shachol in Oakland by in Piton. Because it was like when you're sick, sick people would normally eat soft gourds. So the Gemara says, so, say, so now the point of that rice over here, the point of the rice over here is that you see this lotion of the soft gourds together with the bread. So you see from here that the definition of a tafshil is a food item that you normally eat with bread. So pause here for just a second because we're about to go on a tangent. So, we'll say, so therefore the Gemara is suggesting over here is the same way that the definition of mavushal ultimately is dependent on where you live. So tafshil also, but at least according to our Tana, the definition of a tafshil is a cooked item, an item cooked in a pot that is normally consumed with bread. Now the way our Tana chooses to define that therefore is something that is of a looser consistency, you would eat with bread, something of a thicker consistency was not normally consumed with bread. And this price supports this. Now both say, now what the price is gonna do is go on a tangent, why? Because what the Bryce had just gave an example of is eating, is eating soft gourd with bread. Sitting off as people who are sick consume. So the Gemara says, whoa, any? Now the Gemara is bothered by that sick people eat gourds. So the Gemara says, any? Vaha, first wide line. Vaha, Rabbi Yirmiya Chalash. Rabbi became sick. So a doctor, he had a doctor make a home visit. The doctor came. Chazak Karoi. So the doctor walked in and he saw that Rabbi Yirmiya had squash sitting on the table, a gourd sitting on the table. Shavke v'nafa. The doctor left. Doctor left. Amar malach mosa isle ladein beveisa va'ane olasa. The doctor said, "Literally, you have the malach hamoves sitting on your table, and you want me to come in to heal you." So apparently, gourd is not good for a chola. So that's the Gemara is bothered by. So the doctor Mamish refused to administer healing, refused to administer, right, to, to treat the patient. So I said, by the way, what, what a Musr. What a Musr. You cannot expect other people to help you if you are not willing to help yourself. And I'll say, how many times do we place our success on the shoulders of others, right? You have to do this. You have to do this. You have to, like, you have to, and again, whatever, whatever, whatever area of life we're talking about, but often we make our success, right? We say, other people have to help me. Only one thing, I'm not willing to help myself. I'm not willing to make the necessary changes. I'm not willing to make the necessary life adjustments. And it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. If you're not willing to get rid of your life gourd, right? If you're not willing to go ahead and clear out your house, clear out your life from the things which have a detrimental effect on you, no one else could help you. Incredible you sowed. So the Gemara goes back to the Gemara says, so what's going on with the squash? Lokasha, haberichichi, habaashuni. To which the Gemara says, different types of squash. If you look at the Ran again, the Ran says, berichichi, four lines are from the bottom, malu. Soft squash apparently is good for the chola. Ashuni, Ran says, kashin, right? Hard squash, hard squash is not good for the chola. Okay, so Rava, Rava Bar Ula Amar, so I'll say we're still focused on the squash over here. Rava Bar Ula Amar, Habikra Gufei, Habikavei Dikra. So Rava Bar Ula says, here's the distinction. Ultimately, again, the, the outer, I guess the outer harder part of the squash, that's the part that's not good for a chola. But the inner softer part of the squash, 
that is good for the chola. Okay, Dam Rav Yehuda, as Rav Yehuda said, Luliva dikra besilka, Luliva dikisna bekuscha. Speaking about remedies over here, Rav Yehuda said literally again, Luliva dikra. If you look at the rhyme over here, Luliva dikra is masha besocho, the inner part of squash eaten together, ultimately again, bislika with beets is very healthy. Luliva dikisna bekuscha, similarly again, the inner part of a flax plant eaten together with kusach. The truth is, I will say, it's actually been a while since we've seen kusach, right? But again, the, the incredible restorative and health benefits of kusach come up all the time. Say, so if you take the inside of a, of a flax plant together with kusach, ultimately, again, very beneficial to one's health. So it was very interesting. The Davarzeh, listen to this, Rabbi Huda says, this thing, there was this, this, this medicinal healing, Asr the Omer Bifnei Amaretz. You cannot share this information with an Amaretz. They both say, why can't you share this information with an Amaretz? So this is actually incredible. If you take a look at the Ran, the Ran says over here, Because otherwise, they're going to uproot the, all of the flax for medicinal purposes. That's the Ran. Interesting, Rashi says, who is a little bit different, Rashi says, I'm sorry, the, the Rush, excuse me, the Rush, the Rush is on the bottom right-hand corner, so the, according to the Rosh, the Amir Aretz will make fun of the rabbis. Why? Because everyone knows this, right? Don't pretend like rabbis, like you found something, like you found gold over here. Everyone knows the medicinal qualities of these items. And therefore, again, the fact that you're spending your time dealing with this indicates that the rabbis have too much free time on their hands. Okay, fine. So as I said, Machlokis ran and the Rosh exactly why you shouldn't say it, but you shouldn't share it. Good. Rava Amar, Manchulin. So by the way, I want to say, when we speak about, when Rav Yehuda said, when Rav Yehuda said, or we spoke over here before, that these items have medicinal purposes, who are the Cholin that we're speaking about? Who are the sick people? Surabanon. I will say this refers to Tamidi Chachamim. Right? The sick people are talking about who need these items for their medicinal purposes are Tamidi Chachamim. So the Gemara says, first of all, take, take a quick look at the Ran. Man Chulun Rabban, the last Ran on the Daf. Ran says, Einachinami, the Kari Ben Rechichi, Ben Ashunei Kashan Lecholi, the Chikatani Cholin, Ochlin Ban Piton, Lathamar. So I will say, let's take a step back for just a moment. So remember again, we had the Braisa, and the Braisa itself spoke about the idea that Halacha Lamaisa, People who are ill eat their gourds with bread. Who are the ill people who are eating gourds? What type of illness? Okay, so we qualified the inside of the gourd, the inside of the gourd, the outside. Who are the sick people that are, that, are, that are availing themselves of this remedy? So the Gemara is saying the sick people in question are Tamidi Chachamim. The Ran says, why are Tamidi Chachamim sickly? Look at the Ran. So he says, mamish. Some people who are very sick. Ella man cholin rabbanon dafilu bibriusan hein teshushe koach mipnei shatora mateshes kocham. The Bible says tamidi chachamim are always weaker. Why are they always weaker? Ultimately, again, because Torah, the pursuit of Torah, saps one of their vitality. It's incredible. Bible says it's an incredible idea. That on one hand we say Torah Hashem Timima mishivas nafesh. The Hakadosh Baruch Hu's Torah is complete and beautiful. It restores the soul. But at the same time, the same Torah that restores the soul 
also, again, also saps one of some of their physical vitality. I will say, we know that, that literally, again, it's, it's an incredible thing that here the learning of Torah does not necessarily require a physical exertion, but Lamaisa, because true Talmud Torah is an all-immersive experience. Rose tells you, by the way, about how a person is supposed to learn. How are you supposed to learn? Rose, the goal when you're learning, and this is incredibly hard in our contemporary age, the goal of learning is the avoidance of distraction. That's the goal. That's the goal. To make my learning, and by the way, whether it's for five minutes or five hours, however, however much time you're learning, it doesn't make a difference. Whatever amount of time I'm learning, the goal is to make it a fully immersive experience. And when it is truly a fully immersive experience, it's tiring. It's tiring because again, my entire body, my entire essence is involved. And when my entire essence is involved, again, yes, I emerge from it, and to a certain degree, I'm rejuvenated, but I'm also physically tired. It's an incredible, incredible thing. So therefore, again, the Gemara says, when we speak about, again, a medicinal healing for those who are ill, and the healing is gourd with bread, it's not about people who are suffering from some type of savings. It's Hamid Chalom. Torah scholars, so Torah scholars who need to go ahead and restore their physical vitality because some of it is sapped as a result. And we'll say, but isn't it something to strive for? Tell me, is it not the hardest thing for us today to do anything uninterrupted for five minutes? To pay attention, real full attention to anything for five minutes, fully immersed. We'll say, let alone an hour, right? But, but that's our goal. That's really our goal. Or even if it's not the full hour, be accountable upon yourself. I am going to be fully immersed in whatever it is. You see, whatever you learn on your own, for five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, I'm not going to get distracted. I'm not going to get distracted. That's a Kabbalah. That's a Kabbalah. We'll say, very hard. I know you think to yourself, five, five minutes? Five minutes not to look at something? Right? Five minutes not to pay attention to something else? Impossible. Impossible. It's easier to finish whole shafts. Right, with my Gemara in one hand and whatever else is dropping me in the other hand, right, to, to be fully immersed in something. I will say, but we know, you know how it is. Whatever you do and you're doing something else, you don't get the full experience. So that, that's just the way that it works. But fully immersive Torah ultimately, again, is rejuvenate, spiritually rejuvenating, but can be physically draining on the other hand as well. So the Gemara goes on, the Gemara says, so, so Rav Latame, Dhamma Rav, Rav goes according to his reasoning. What does Rav say? On the base, Kiman Maslinon. Al Kitsriva Amari. Rabbi say today, who do we daven for? Rabbi say here's what's easy. Here's what's interesting to, to, to note. So, so Kitsiri, Rabbi say is translate. Kitsiri and Mari are all, both translated as ill, right? Sick. So the way it's understood is like this. Kitsiri, Rabbi say, is a little bit more about someone who's suffering from a particular ailment versus Mari, who is someone who's a bit more sickly, which means they're not suffering from a particular ailment. Just in general, they're in a weakened state. So actually the context of this is totally different. The Yimar asks in general, according to who do we dive in on a daily basis for people who are ill? Keman, Krabiosi. Shabbos said, listen to this. Now take a look at Rash at the Ran for just a moment. This is incredible. So Keman Maslina Kisiramiri, Kolimos Ashana, Krabiosi, Tana Parakam de Rashashana, Adam Nidon Bechoyom. This is absolutely incredible. And according to whose opinion do we daven for the sick every day? I say every day we daven as So in accordance with whose opinion do we say refainu? So I say there's a fundamental misconception about how judgment works. According to the Rabbanon, we're judged once on Rosh Hashanah for the entire year, 
and that's it, that judgment is locked in. Rabbi say, if my judgment for the year is locked in on Rosh Hashanah, does it make sense to daven for a chola every single day? No. Why? Judgment is locked in. So we'll say, who do we pass? Can I be pass? Actually, we can probably actually accept like a little bit of a hybrid model. We pass like Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi says a person is judged every single day. Adam Nidon B'choyom is judged every single day. Well, if I'm judged every single day, then by definition what? I have the ability to alter that judgment as well. So in accordance with Rabbi Yossi, incredibly profound. So we actually accept both. We accept the fact that a person is judged on Rosh Hashanah, but yet we also believe that a person has the ability to alter that judgment throughout the course of the year through their actions. So we accept a little bit of a hybrid model. But the idea over here is, why do we daven for the sick every day if a person's year is locked in at Rosh Hashanah? Because it sounds like Rabbi Yossi, Adam Nidon Bechol, I will say, incredible. Adam Nidon Bechol Yom. It's a mantra. It's a mantra. Every single day I'm judged for my actions. Well, I will say, you know, that, that works both ways. If I had a good day yesterday, fantastic, judge me. If I had a bad day yesterday, you know what? Yesterday is yesterday, today brand new day. Adam nidon bechol yom. So we'll say, but the point of what I was making over here is, Shmamina ketsiri ketsiri mamish meri'i rabbanon. The point of what you've seen the formulation over the Gemara asks, for whom, according to whom do we daven for the ketsiri nimeri, which tells you there's two different levels of illness. Ketsiri, are the people have a real illness, Marii are the people who are a little bit more sickly. Who are the Marii? So Ketsiri, Ketsiri, Mamish. Ketsiri means people who are really sick. Marii means people who are sickly. Who are the people who are sickly? Rabbanon. Rabbanon. Good. So the Gemara says as follows. Umutar Ba'ava. So I'll say, remember again, going back to the Mishnah. So the Mishnah said over here that if a person says, Konam Tavshil, I'm not going to eat. I'll say, by the way, I'll point out, this doesn't have to mean that every single Kam Chacham is sickly. Right, right, that's not what, but again, what the Gemara is saying over here is, if you see someone who is steeped in learning, yet they seem to be, they, they don't seem to have that same level, level of physical vigor or vitality, and you say to yourself, come on, what are, what are you so tired from? Like, you're not, you're, not, you're, not, you're not working, you're not this, you're not that. Understand that what I'm saying, fully immersive Torah is spiritually restorative and rejuvenative, but at the same time, is saps one of their physical vitality. That, that's the dynamic that the Gemara, and I will say, if you say to yourself, well, that never happened to me, right? I never learned that it was physically sapped. That's probably because it hasn't been a fully immersive experience. But again, if we allow ourselves, I will say, even just for a few minutes, to experience fully immer- full immersion without distraction, first of all, besides the fact that the Torah experience itself is more rewarding and, and more rejuvenating. At the end of the day, I will say, I'll be able to feel the full effects of Torah. Alibi, we should be Zoha. Remember again, back to the Mishnah. So the Mishnah said, I, I'm making a nether over here not to eat Tavshil. So remember again, the way, we've, the, the way the Tana of our Mishnah defined Tavshil is how is something that is, more, that is more liquidy, not a thick item. Not a thick item. Meaning something that's normally consumed with bread, but something that's not consumed with bread, is not included. Sigmar says as follows. This is incredible. Masnisin deloki bavloi. Our Mishnah does not reflect this. So we'll say so again. So our Mishnah holds the definition of a tafshil is something you normally eat with bread. And what do you eat with bread? Food items of a more liquidy consistency. But food items of a thicker consistency are not consumed with bread. So the Gemara says our Mishnah does not reflect the view of the Bavloim, the Babylonians, the Rabbi Zerah, Bavloi Tipshoi. Those foolish Babylonians. What are the foolish Babylonians? 
The Achli Lachma Belachma. They eat bread with bread. Now, what does that mean? Take a look at the Ran for just a moment. If you look at the Ran, right to the right hand side, in the beginning of the short lines. The Mishnah which says that if you take a nether, nati the tafshil, you're permitted to eat thicker food, right? Because again, people don't eat thicker food with bread. That's not like the Babylonians. The Babloi, Iran says, So we'll say, they eat thick foods with bread. Now we'll say, just understand what we're talking about over here. When the Gemara is describing, when the Gemara is describing, the Mishnah is describing thick food, thick food, the Ryan already said this. They're talking about, if you can imagine, like a thicker porridge, right? It's a, the, the food they're talking about is a grain-based food. So normally, if you think about it, a person wouldn't eat a thick grain-based food with bread. Because what is that like? What is that like? It's eating bread with bread. It's eating bread with bread, right? The Babylonians, the Babylonians, or the, as the Gemara calls them, the foolish Babylonians, ta'achli lachma belachma. They're foolish, they eat bread with bread. So they would eat these thicker grain dishes together with bread. Amrav Chista, so Chista said, the mashil lahon, the mashil lahon lahalein nakdoni bechotzol. So let's listen to this. So Chista said, I'd like someone to go ahead and ask a question to the, to the fine, to the, to the, I know, you know, the affluent people of Chotzol. Now what's going on over here? Take a look at the Rand for just a moment. Nakroni, she'ochlem benikir. So apparently again, in the city of Chotzol, he had some uh, high class people, the Nakronim, I will say, he, the Ryan's version is Nakronim. The Gemara says Nakdani. The idea over here is that in Hutzel, you had these people who were like, um, because I guess they were affluent, a little bit higher class, the Ryan says, She'okun benikios. Lashen achar nakdani, she'medaktikin bakilosan. So these were like the, like the Feinschmeckers, right? You know, they, they, they knew about meals and about food and about things like this. So Rav Chista says, do me a favor, go ahead and ask the people, ask the people, Ultimately, of Hutzel, the Nakdoni of Hutzel, about the following. Hadin daiso, hechin ma'alim mechla. How should you eat daiso? How should you eat daiso? I'm saying a daiso is a dish of cooked grain. It's a cooked grain dish. How should you eat daiso? The chiti balachma, the chiti balachma, the chiti. So should you eat wheat daiso with wheat bread and barley daiso with barley bread? O dilma the chiti bidisari. Or maybe you should eat again wheat dice with barley bread and barley dice with wheat bread. So I'll say, so interestingly enough, over here, dice is normally a thicker consistency. And yet, what do you see over here? Rav Chista saying, Rav Chista saying, ultimately, again, what kind of bread should you eat your dice with? So I'll say, you see over here that the Babylonians, the Babylonians would eat even a thicker grain-based item together with their bread. Rava achli bechasisi. So I'll say, I'll just tell you very quickly, it's interesting, an interesting idea over here, that, um, that this idea, it's always fascinating in general, when Igmar speaks about the Babloi Tipshoi, the foolish Babylonians. It seems like such a, such a, dis- I mean, there was, there was a certain amount of, of animosity between the Arab Yisrael Jews and between the Babylonian Jews. But it is interesting that it's recorded a statement like that, the foolish Babylonians. And what makes them so foolish? They eat their bread with bread. I mean, again, like, okay, it's, it's just a dietary difference. But it sounds interesting that they would say about blood. So I came across a beautiful idea by the Chidush So the Ger Rebbe says something, something amazing. What does it mean that the foolish Babylonians eat their bread with bread? Rebbe said, listen to this. This is absolutely incredible. He says, Shekhavaras Tivrei Chazal, 
So the Chiddush HaRadim says, the Gemara is coming to talk about people who eat only so that they can only eat more. Meaning what? Let's listen to this. Ploni, listen to how beautiful this is. Ploni You have a guy who wakes up in the morning to go to work. Nishaloso. We ask him, tell me, why are you going to work? L'shem ma'amalat. Why are you going to work? Why are you working so hard? V'yashiv, k'deshiyeli kesef la'ochel. Look, I need money because I have to buy food. V'l'shem ma'ata ochel. So ultimately, again, why do you eat? Why do you eat? V'yashiv, k'deshiyeli koach la'avod. So that I have the koach to work. So when he's going to work, why are you going to work? So I should be able to eat. Right? When he's eating, why are you eating? So that I should be able to go to work. The Chiddush Shalom says, what is this person stuck in? They're stuck in a cycle of foolishness. It's a cycle of life that begins with bread and it ends with bread. In other words, I said, Chiddush Shalom, something so beautiful. I was like, who's the Bavli Tipshoi? Now, Bavli, I was someone who's absorbed. Someone is too absorbed into this world, into the gashmas, into the physicality of this world. So you ask him, what does he do? He eats his bread with bread. Right? Why are you going to work? To get bread. Why are you eating bread? To go to work. My entire life just becomes about the pursuit of bread. That's all life is about. I go to work to get the bread. I eat the bread to go to make money for more bread. That's Pavloi Tikshoi. That's what I say. Pavloi from Mashallah of Bala, from Mashallah of Absorb. Someone who's so immersed just in the dynamics of Olam Azeb, that their entire life just becomes about getting more money for bread. That's all. That's all. Everything is this circle of life. That's tipshos. That's foolishness. And I will say how easy it is to fall into a cycle like this without even realizing. I wake up to go to work to make money for bread. I eat bread so I could go back to work and make more money. Again, making money is fantastic. We should all be zocha. But the child is, what's my goal in life? What am I working towards? If the goal is just to work to eat and then eat to work, then what higher purpose ultimately again does my life serve? One who gets absorbed into that dynamic, says the Chidush Arim, unfortunately is suffering from systemic tipshas. Incredible. Let's go back to him. Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. So Rava Achli Bechasisi. So Rava would go ahead and eat his bread with Chasisi. Rashi says over Chasisi is Kemach Shal Kloyos. Flour of, of oven-dried kernels. Okay? So again, the point of the Gemara is telling over here is that clearly the Babylonians did have different eating habits. And they did eat even thicker grain items together with bread. Let's listen to this story. Rabbi found Rav Huna, and Rav Huna was eating daisa. Remember again, daisa is like a porridge. He was eating daisa with his fingers. Why are you eating daisa with your hands? This is what Rav said. Eating daisa with your hands makes it taste better. Right? This is what he said, right? Apparently daisa tastes better with your hands. Right? All the more so, ultimately, again, if you're eating it with two people, right? If you're eating it with three people. Okay? So, Amar lay Rav Lechiyah, right? So, Rav said to Chiyah, his son. Amar lay Rav Huna, the Rav of Rav Huna said to his, Rav is his son. Mizamnim l'chal, mechal daisa, ad parsa. 
If someone invites you over to eat daisa, to eat daisa, you should travel up to a parsa. Meaning what he was saying, what they were saying to their sons is daisa is a very beneficial food item. And so if someone invites you over for daisa, you should travel. Even if it requires you to travel to eat, you should travel. Somebody invites you over for a steak, right? For ox meat, even three parsa, you should travel for that. It was said the idea being this wasn't like a din in free food. Like this, this was a din ultimately again in these are beneficial foods, and therefore again it's worth it to exert yourself to travel to be able to partake of foods that are beneficial for you. Rav said to Chiyah's son, Rav Rav Huna the Rav Abrei, others say it was, others say it was Rav Huna to Rav Abrei's son, kol meidom lo tiflot kami rabcha. In general, don't spit in front of your Rebbe. Others will say, if you have to spit, right, if you have to spit, in general, it's an important etiquette thing. Don't, uh, I don't know what the, I don't know, it's, it's obviously it's the spitting itself, it's also the, um, what do you call it, the process of like, uh, heaving it up. Right, heaving up the, Whatever, like the, I don't want to make the sound, but you understand, right? In other words, right, the, the, the heaving up of phlegm, or like, don't do that, right? Don't do that in front of your Rebbe. And certainly, right, in order to, here's a, just a word, just a sidebar of etiquette, right? Don't do it in front of anyone, right? In other words, if you have to hock something up, you know, go somewhere else and do that, right? But Lamai said, don't do it, but here the Gemara is speaking about specifically, specifically in front of one's Rebbe. In front of one's rabbi, one should not spit in front of one's rabbi. Lebar, the, the exception to it. Lebar minkra v'daisa sheindom v'psilta shal eber. It's interesting. The exception I will say is if you have phlegm or spit as a result of eating gourd or as a result of eating daisa. That type of stuff you should expel from the body as quickly as possible. Ultimately, again, why? Literally, again, in Mars, they're like lead. In other words, apparently, these are items that are not easily digestible. So keeping them in your body could actually be detrimental. So if you have some residue that needs to, or something that needs to get out of your body, spit it out. You could even do that in front of King Shapur. I don't know if it would be advisable to do it in front of King Shapur, but you're making an example over here that even in front of a melech, You'd be permitted to spit under these circumstances. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, as well as a great story. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, Chad achil daisa ba'etzba'aseh, v'chad achil b'chutza. So listen to this. So, so Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Yehuda were eating daisa together. One was using his fingers, and one was using a piece of bark. Right? So he was using the bark, right, like, like as a spoon. So watch this. Amrli da'achal b'chutza, da'achal ba'etzba'aseh. So the one who was eating with the bark, Said to the one who was eating with his fingers, How long do I have to eat your dirt? Right? Now, I was saying, what was he mean? In other words, what he was saying is, you're sticking your hands into the dinosaur. Right? So the Ran says over here, the dirt, the dirt ultimately, again, the, the, the dirt, the dirt refers to the dirt under the fingernails. Right? How long do I have to actually eat your dirt? You're sticking your hands into the dinosaur. I'm eating your dirt. So the guy who was eating with his hands said to the guy who was eating, said to the, not to the guy, to the one who was eating with the bark, how long do I have to eat your saliva? Right? You're double dipping. Right? In other words, right? you're, you're, putting, you're, you're putting your bark, you're putting your spoon right back in there. So you're, you're getting my fingernail dirt, which may or may not be going into the daisa. I am most definitely getting your saliva. I will say, what's the point of a story like this? What's the, what's the point of a story like this? I will say, the point of a story is very simple. Be conscious of other people. 
be conscious of other people. Sometimes we do things with a total disregard for others. I'm just going about my business. I'm doing my thing. This is how I do it. I dice with my fingers. I dice with bark. Be conscious, cognizant, and considerate of other people. And even if you normally do something a certain way, if you are involved together with someone else, it's not just enough to say, well, this is the way that I do it. A person must be fully cognizant, conscious, and considerate. All right, so we have to stop over here for today. We'll pick up more incredible Gemara tomorrow. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna build it up on the WhatsApp. If I say it now, everyone's gonna forget about it.